It just got really loud for a second. Mm. So just say some things real quick. Okay. I'm a big gay teddy bear. Does that does that work? <laughs> blog podcast welcome back indeed it has been a long time since we last talked to you in fact the last time we talked to you was after the um season ended obviously losing to montreal and we ended up doing a two and a half hour podcast i think with um (laughs) almost all of us on there or maybe chase wasn't able to make somebody wasn't able to make it but uh, yeah, we just talked and talked and talked Orlando City. So, you know, that probably got your fill of Orlando City content for a little bit. And just, you know, with the holiday season coming up, we've been busy, yada, yada. But um, Orlando City have been busy as well. So we're going to definitely discuss all the news that has come out over the last month or so. Here to discuss that with me is Daniel. Daniel, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. And uh, since the last podcast, I've died and come back to life again. So... Oh. As Welcome a back. Totally new person because it's been that long since we did it. So, you know, reincarnation you works. Do you have a new name? Should we call you something else? Is it Simon? Simon? Yeah. All right. Simon Young. No, like, Simon. Or Simon, Simon Old. Simon Old. There you go. Old. <laughs> Simon Old. <laughs> SO. Love it. Um, yeah. Well, good to hear that you're back. Um, Definitely, it's been a while since I've talked to you in general, let alone on the podcast. So great to hear your lovely voice once again. Let's first get started on the World Cup final that was today. I think this is a soccer podcast. That was a soccer event. And um, just what are your overall thoughts on the game itself? And then of obviously Messi getting the trophy. Mm. It was a boring game, honestly. Uh, I don't know why I watched it, and it sucked, and I fell asleep halfway through it. Nothing pleases you, Daniel. I'm just kidding. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Like, I didn't have a dog in the race. You know, I didn't support either team, obviously. So it just made it really, really captivating. And, um, you know, it was so good that afterwards I had a cigar and a drink. That's how good it was. Like, I had to have that just to kind of calm down and kind of celebrate football today because I think football was at its best today as mm-hmm. a sport. I think it showed, you know, three billion people watched that game today. You couldn't have picked a better game for three billion people to watch, you know what I mean? And it just said everything. Um, you know, you had the attacking. I mean, you had France been on the ropes very, very significantly in the first half to coming back and, and fighting back and... You know, you had Messi stepping up and Mbappe stepped up, um, showing you truly what world-class players are supposed to do. 
And, um, you know, the referee had a good game. It wasn't about mm-hmm. the ref for once, which I thought was really good. Um, yep. There wasn't any controversy. It was just a good, really good game with two teams trying to go at it and, and give everything they could have. And, you know, I, I sympathise with everyone that, that was upset with the result. Like, I think, you know, a lot of people invested. Unless you're Ronaldo, he deserves to cry because I can't stand him. Yeah. And he's a yeah, nasty, he's a nasty, he's a nasty fucker. And I, I hope he, I hope he doesn't sleep for, for the next month. Um, but, um, you know, everyone else to the people supporting France, I mean, should be proud of your team. You know, those guys gave everything. And as for the Argentines, I mean, I think they played a, a great game. And I'm very happy for the, you know, for the, you know, the, the, the few Argentine fans I know that, you know, in, in my circles that will have been rooting for Messi and, and team today. So good for them. It, you know, something that, you know, you might only get once in your lifetime. So good for you. Yeah, great game overall. I'm glad you mentioned that, you know, three billion people had watched it or whatever. Cause like mm-hmm. I was talking to Mariah and it's just like so many people who aren't invested in this sport are watching mm-hmm. this game just because it's, you know, the biggest of sporting event in history, the World yeah. Cup final. And so many people are, are watching it and they got <laughs> they got everything they could have asked for and more with those last that last hour of Mm -hmm. of game you know i like you said you had to sit down with a cigar and a drink my heart was beating 20 minutes later watching the celebrations it was just took my breath away it was crazy absolutely amazing game really happy for Messi. like you said about france i mean they could they will definitely feel they deserve to win and, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, what? For 80 minutes, they did nothing. They, they did nothing, but they did enough to keep the game close. And you know what? All you need is a second to score a goal. Mm-hmm. And they got those two seconds in quick fashion to get themselves back into the game. And then after that, it could have gone either way. So for me, France easily could say we deserve to win this game. Argentina obviously can say we deserve to win this game. Just a mm-hmm. brilliant game all the way around. Loved think- it, loved it, loved it. Yeah, I mean, it's like for a game like that to occur, you, it's not just about one team. It has to be about both teams. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you just don't get the the ebbs and the flows. I mean, that game changed shape so many times today. And, you know, the, the beauty and the chaos, you know, was captured just, just in the sense that with all the substitutions that were made, I think, um, you know, France obviously made, made two big changes, you know, which their coach had the balls to do. He had two subs in the 41st minute, took off his two of his, his most experienced attackers and changed the whole balance of his side. And then Argentina, in trying to close out the game, ended up with two left-backs on the field and then, of course, <laughs> ended up going to 3-3. So you just had this like wonderfully chaotic game where both teams kind of just said, like, sod it and just, you know, um, you know just went for it. And, and it seemed like... A lot of that tactical nuance just kind of went out of the window, and it was like almost like a, a fight to stay alive kind of thing, you know? Yeah, it's just amazing, absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. And um, can't say enough, Messi. Messi, um, for me, he was the greatest player of all time. To to dig into that, to mm-hmm. dip my toe into that debate sort of thing, I was already at that level with him. Just footballistically speaking, as mm-hmm. a player. No one has the quality he has. 
And I don't think no anyone has ever had the quality he has to dribble, to shoot, to pass. He is just the most well-rounded player there is. He is top of the charts in almost everything he does. It's just, for me, he's the best of all time. You know, Ronaldo completely, 100% respect his game and his accolades, but I don't think he's as well-rounded as Messi is. And mm-hmm. I think Messi is just a better player I, I don't i think it's really simple i don't know why there's so many debates to be honest but this as much as it shouldn't have this does put the debate to rest um, well, i think it's, as far it's as done I think for a lot of people the debate's gone now i mean there's no question no i mean hypothetically speaking i of the two players i just like if you put messi into a into a mid-table team i think it would improve that mid-table team and take them up a level or two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he could. I think he's got that mentality where even if it's going, the game's going against him, he'll find some way to do it. Uh, Ronaldo, we all know what Ronaldo does. He engineers a move out of this club. He sulks, he strops, probably disillusions his teammates. He doesn't press. He doesn't do anything other than when the ball comes to him. And if you're if you're a team on the back foot, you know he's he's not the type of guy I think that can that can get you out of that. I mean. In the summer, he's what thirty-seven years old. He, all he could do was look for a move to a club in the, in the Champions League. It's like, well, if you're that good and you've already won everything that you've won in your career, why don't you just go try something a bit difficult? You know, um, mm-hmm. speaks it speaks to to the mentality of each player. I think, you know, as more as well as accolades and and the quality. I think it's about what a player is willing to do. And Messi had the stones today to take his country on his shoulders. You know, and look at Angel de Maria as well, 34 years old. He, he had a great game as well. Um, oh, man, he was excellent. He he yeah. gets the penalty and he scores mm-hmm. the second goal. I couldn't believe he was taken off at 60. I know he's got injuries, but he was, he wasn't fair. He was the best uh, player on the pitch. I don't think he would have played today had, had it not been the final. He probably would not have played. That's that's when I was listening to the, the post-game stuff. That was kind of the impression. Oh, I wow. Was, it was so 60 much, was kind of his max. They said they're going to push him out there. They're going to put, you know, and they did what every coach should do. I mean, the coach has taken a ton of credit for this. He wanted his 11 best players out there today. And he was going to squeeze every last bit of energy out of every one of them. And that's what he did? That's, that's what you should do. You know, none of this, you know, managing minutes bullshit. It's a World Cup final. Just get your <laughs> best players out there. Try and win the game. You manage minutes to get to the final, but once you're there, there's no such thing as managing minutes. You've got to put your best best foot forward, and, and they did. I mean, I'm not quite sure where the blind spot is with Argentina that they've dropped the two goal lead. Oh, it's gosh. happened a few times, um, but you know they they turned it back around. So you know they're not going to worry about that now. They're going to be just enjoying this for for decades, I think. So amazing. Amazing game all around. Pretty good tournament as well. Uh, So let's go ahead and shift the focus to Orlando City now. And let's um, stay on the positive track. And let's talk about some of the signings we have made. So first up is Lucas Petrasso out of Toronto FC. Have to admit, uh, this was a player I was impressed with last season when he broke through and started playing. I was like, he's a player that um, I saw a couple times and he's somebody who caught my eye. Um, the few times I watched Toronto. So I was pretty happy when I saw the signing. 
And when I looked at the price, it says here we have sent 300,000 in 2023 GAM, uh, potential to be an additional 50,000 in 24, an additional 50,000 in 25 if certain conditions are met. Maximum of 400,000 TAM for a player of his quality. I was pretty impressed with the transfer. Uh, thoughts on the signing of Petrasso? I, I haven't um, gathered as much I can tell on him, I guess, this season. I, I did see him a few times, and I think on the first value that getting a good player of his age is, is what, is 22, right? 23? Um, I think 22, yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's a flexible player. I mean, he can play left back, left midfield, left wing. Um, he's got a little bit of speed, and he can um, he can certainly give it a bit of more of a dimension, I think, on the left-hand side. You know, I mean, I'm pretty sure that in hindsight, it was probably signed as a as a replacement for Moutinho. So, you know, it'll give that it'll give some width going forward for sure. Um, especially if if the team looks to go with three centre backs and maybe play wing backs. I think he's a good player for that type of system as well. As far as the fee goes, I mean, I think paying you know three hundred thousand in gum is uh, a good deal for a player that you know is a regular. A starter who's got upside in the league, in the domestic league. I wouldn't want to pay that for somebody, you know, who's 10 years older than that, but I think on the face of it, yeah. it's, a, it's a decent signing. Um, you know, I think Oscar does have a good way of, of improving younger players. And, you know, this is probably one of those types. It's probably like a, a little bit of a fixer-upper type of project as well. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But I think as far as... You know, the squad is concerned. It's a good deal, especially when you think of. Um, well, I know we'll talk about this in a minute, but Andres Pereira left for quite a hefty fee, and um, you know, and they're reinvesting some of that into one player. They've still got enough to get another one in. Yeah, uh, very good. Yeah, so just a little bit about the player. I don't know a ton, but what I do remember is he likes to cut in quite a bit mm -hmm. uh, from the left side, so he'll get the ball wide and cut in and uh, make a pass into the midfield. Um, make a pass to the top of the box sort of thing. Pretty uh, comfortable on the ball and does have some speed and uh, is pretty tall too. He's not he's uh, not short by any uh, stretch of the imagination. So he is going to add some uh, physicality to our back line. I don't know if he starts. Um, I would hope so because right now the only other option would be Kyle Smith. Mm -hmm. And uh, he did not impress last season. So I think he's slated to start. And I think um, the fact that we were able to to get him out of Toronto is is pretty impressive. I thought he was uh, pretty good last season. Not a starter for them at all, but uh, definitely someone who came off the bench and, and seemed to impact games quite a bit. And I, I apologize. I called him Lucas Petrasso. His name is Luca Petrasso. Uh, so I got that he's gonna, mixed up. You're going to get a letter from his attorney for that. Yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad. Um, yeah, so... Very happy with that one, and I think he'll be a good squad player for the next few years for us. Uh, next guy we signed is Felipe Martins out of Free Agency. And um, I actually interviewed Felipe Martins for MLS Now podcast um, last year when he was a free agent before he signed for Austin. So if you guys want to listen to that, I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, but yeah, very nice guy. Uh at least off the pitch, <laughs> on the pitch, he's got a <laughs> reputation for being kind of, um, I guess, a, 
dickhead. <laughs> no there better way to say it. Um, so, yeah, he's someone who's going to annoy our opponents. Um, but thoughts on the, the Felipe Martins signing out of free agency? I mean, it's for what they've... I think his salary, is it about 95000 Is that is that correct? Uh, I haven't looked at it. I'll look at it real quick. I seem to think he was on some kind of minimum salary. I'd have to look at that myself because... Let me see. Uh, yeah, I think... I'm trying to find if there's any notes on it. I, I thought I'd seen somewhere that it was on like a minimum salary, you know? Here, I'll find it in the salary guide from last year. Mm-hmm. He was on 84. So, I mean, you can't go wrong with this, can you? And plus, no. it's got American uh, residency mm-hmm. citizenship, so it doesn't take up an international spot either. Nope. You know, which is um, is pretty good. So, I mean, no, I mean, it, it's a good signing. I, I don't know if um, if it's the type that they're going to build the team around. I don't, I don't think that would be, you know, prudent, honestly. He is older, but for, the, for what you're paying, I mean... <clears throat> There's certainly a lot worse you can do for eighty four eighty four thousand a year or even ninety five thousand a year if it's gone up and um it's good to have a spoiler in the squad you know i like I like having a spoiler you know and I think you need that certainly when you're going on tough away games you need that spoiler just to just to help you know maybe aggravate the crowd or to to kind of raise your teammates up a little bit so I think it's a good deal you know it's i, I still want to see um, more established, maybe younger options coming in, but I'm pretty sure that's in the pipeline. It's got to be right. But yeah, I was um, I was very happy with this signing because, look, obviously we lost Urso. I think this guy can do a similar mm-hmm. role to what Urso's doing, <clears throat> but you know, obviously he's not going to play all the minutes that Urso played, start every single game like Urso does, but he's not going to take up that international slot, and he um he's not gonna be as expensive as urso was against the budget because urso was a tam player Mm -hmm. um all the years he was with us so this guy's gonna come in he's going to be a good solid squad option for us so i'm excited to have him on the team um i just i i hope i hope um pareja uses him in the rotation because we mm-hmm. saw last season Mendez was like frozen out. And I don't know if that's because the transfer was planned already to go to LAFC, but we needed some more rotation in those in those middle months. And it's just Urso plays every single game. So um, hopefully Felipe Martins can get himself into the equation. Not sure he's going to start again, but a solid squad option for rotation as we have a heavy schedule coming up. Um, agreed. I mean... It was a weird what happened with Mendes, really. Um, especially mm-hmm. when you see that he was uh, LAFC took him, and then I believe he was at the World Cup. So it's a yep. little strange, really, just to see a player you know of that caliber being kind of being cast aside like that. You know, I'm not sure what got what went on there. It's very very weird. Started both games for Ecuador and got yellows in both, so he was suspended for the third one. But mm-hmm. uh, was pretty impressive in the World Cup. Um, so yeah, this doesn't make sense. And just one other thing, I, I didn't, I didn't necessarily criticize the club, but I did question the club 
why aren't we signing players from MLS? Why aren't we dipping into that market? It's it's cheap mm-hmm. talent, basically. LAFC built their MLS Cup winning roster. All of last offseason was MLS talent. When he got Kellen Acosta, mm-hmm. Maxime Crepeau, um, Ryan Hollingshead, um, Ilya Sanchez. They used free agency and they used the tr- MLS market trading-wise. They brought all that talent in. And with a first-year head coach, at least at the top level, Sharondolo brought that talent to win MLS Cup, obviously with Bale helping and Chiellini as well, Christian Teo. But I think we need to start using that market more. And I'm and this is a positive trend for me, um, Petrasso and Martins. So just wanted to, mm. to call that out. No, um, fair, that's fair. I mean, um, okay. Yeah, I was just saying that you, you can't begrudge a team doing that. I mean, it's uh, if you've got the money, first of all, they can spend it. I've always been an advocate of that. Um, but uh, their director of football, or, or um, what do you call it over here? The um, general manager. General manager, right? I've got, to, I've got to get the Americanisms right here. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, they, he obviously knows the league very well, and you know, that's it's some good training. I mean. They did that. Philadelphia used that market quite nicely as well, and you know, New York bring domestic players through. I mean, there's there's a lot of New York Red Bulls, I should say, bring the domestic players through. So it's you know, there's obviously something in it. You know, just got to do it a little bit more, like you said. Yep, definitely. All right, let's get into some of the contracts. Uh, first one, probably the biggest one, Maurizio Pereira, two-year contract. Um, Tam, no mm-hmm. longer a DP. Thoughts on that? Um, I wasn't wasn't really um, in favour of it, to be honest with you. Really? Not for two years, no. Um, I think that you know we've got we've got to think of a you know the long term future. They're still going to be on quite a lot of money. You know, it's not something that it's going to be a cheap deal. So, sorry, I'm having some sound issues here. Just bear with me a second. Okay. Can you hear me okay now? Yep. Yeah, okay. No, sorry, my microphone was cut. Uh, my headphones was just a bit loose. No, I wasn't I wasn't in favour of the two-year deal, honestly. Um, a one-year deal, I, I think, is sensible. Uh, but two years, I mean, for me, I felt in the second half of the season, I think he, he started to decline a little bit. Um, so... If if more rotation is in mind with with Pereira, then fair enough. But I just don't think we're going to get two good years of of production from him. Uh, you know, I think one year would have been would have been the best solution in my opinion. Because even if he's on a time deal, he's still going to be on quite a bit of money. He's not going to take a massive pay cut. You know, down to you know to two three hundred or whatever. He's, he's going to still be on. You would think at seven or eight hundred or something like that, which is quite a sizable. You know, chunk of funds. You know. Yeah, it is. But if you think about it, Urso is now gone, and so mm-hmm. that's a chunk of funds. Uh, players we're talking, we'll talk about later, are also gone. We did get some some gammon for Perea, as you mentioned. So there is more money there. I'm I'm in favor of the deal because he's no longer a DP, so mm-hmm. we can go out there and get two more DPs. Um, or sorry, we can get one more DP. Kara and Faku are our current mm-hmm. DPs. Um, so we so we have that DP slot open, and we could 
you know, based on what we were doing for the last couple of seasons, we could go get another TAM player too. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure Perea was an under 22. So we have an under 22 slot. So like we have flexibility uh, this off season and in the summer window, as I'm sure we're not going to hit all of those in this, in this um, winter window. Um, but I, I think with all of the, the stuff going on with Pereira staying as mm-hmm. the captain and as the kind of um, guy who can help transition our midfield off of Junior Urso and Andres Perea in there. Mendez obviously already left to this new look midfield, Araujo, Cartagena, whoever else comes in. Um, I, I think having him as the constant um, for the next two years, I'm okay with that. And since he's not a DP, I'm even way more okay with that. At a DP, I agree with you. That is mm-hmm. not the level of money that we should be giving him at this point based on his performance last season and late on in the season before. Yeah, I tend to agree, but I, I still I still think I, I look at all the, the money they're bringing in for like for Andres Pereira, for instance. What mm-hmm. if they in, and they can use the, the GAM, right, to buy down contracts? Is that correct? Or yes, they can. They can, they can uh, buy down up to 50% of a contract, I think. Yeah, so I don't know if it's logical to to sell a younger player to to buy down contracts for older players, you know. Not unless you know that older player is, is someone who's kind of playing lights out, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I we'll see, see if it works out. If it works out, then fair enough. I mean, I'm happy to accept if I if I get it wrong. But just on the the logistics of the deal, as we know right now, I'm just not sure it's uh, it was sensible. That's all. Yeah, and you do make a point, like. Ideally, you would sell a younger player to mm-hmm. get another younger player that you like That's right. for less money, and then you have more money that you're using, mm-hmm. or, or you get two younger players and one of them pans out, and you know that's kind of the, the model, ideally. So instead of funding the contract of an older player, I see where you're going with that. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, next player, a co- uh, couple quick hitters here. Grinwis, one-year contract. I've got no issues with that. Just keep them on why not mm-hmm. i agree it's uh again it's a it's a cheap, pretty cheap contract i think he's on a reserve deal so it will be uh yeah what ninety thousand a year and somewhere in that range so yeah there's there's nothing wrong i mean the goalkeeping situation right now looks looks to be okay i would I'd if feel I, okay yeah. yeah if i asked you to guess how old he is what would you say so guess how old he is <laughs> He's late, late 20s, like 28, 29-ish. He is 30 years old. Oh, yeah. I couldn't <laughs> believe it when I read that. I thought he was younger than that. I mean, to be honest, he still looks like he's 18. I know, right? It's like, what? 30? Yeah. I thought you were like 28. <laughs> so. All right, um, next one. Kyle Smith signed to a one-year contract with a one-option year after that. So... Through 2023 guaranteed, we could have an option uh, to extend to 2024. So uh, Kyle Smith sticking around for another two years. Any issues with that signing? Mm, For two years, yeah. Yeah, I'm not not in favor of these two-year deals that you're telling me about today. Well, 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 well. It's a one plus one. So if he stinks out the place this next year, we could decline it. We yeah. the ball's in our court, so it's a so I should say a one year plus one option year contract. 
I think he's a good steady player. Like, I don't really have an issue with him staying. I think he's a good player to have, certainly on the bench. You know, he can cover, like, three positions in a in a pinch, you know? Mm-hmm. Which he so, did. Which he did. He, he didn't do it necessarily that well. But I don't think that was all on him. I think, you know, fundamentally the team had issues last year. And Again. Yeah, in transition especially. So, yeah, I don't think you can pin it all on one player for that. But, um, no, I mean, it's a good deal, but only if they're going to still bring in some more fullbacks because I, I'd, I think if you're happy right now with the fullbacks that are on the books, um, I think you'd be mistaken, you know? I think you need... I think ideally you'd want to upgrade on left and the right. Even if somebody better becomes available, you you should do it, you know? So we'll see. But it's fine for now. I can I can take the deal for now. Yeah, uh, I think it feels like another transition mm-hmm. phase type signing where we want to keep someone around just to kind of help do that transition. But I wouldn't be surprised to see option declined at the end of this upcoming season. Um, love the guy. Last season was probably his worst of the mm-hmm. three he's been with us for. What, 2019, the four he's been with us for. Um, so uh, looking for an improved year from him. Uh, it seems like uh, Orlando City is always in transition, though, you know? Um, it, it does. And to some extent, you're always in transition. But this year feels so big, right? We Mendez, Perea, mm-hmm. um Who's the other big one in midfield? Urso. Urso, Urso. There it is. Yeah. Just in midfield alone. And then Moutinho at left back, who's been a mainstay for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then up top, you know, Tesho's now gone. Um, uh, who's the other one that's gone? Forward line. Giochini. I mean, that's not really a big one. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Pato's gone. Benji Michelle could be gone. You know that, that that's just a lot. Mm-hmm. A I, lot. I think a lot more than usual. It feels like. I was surprised with how many you know have gone, but um, you know that's like eight players you just listed right there. So I don't know. That's um, yeah, but it all depends on who comes in. That that's the only time you're going to be able to judge if it was the right you know choices yep. or not. So oh yes, exactly. In February, when the the transfer windows in full swing, then I think we'll know. Yep. All right. Um. Last kind of signing of a contract we've got here is Fabian Loyola, seventeen year old homegrown on a three plus two con year contract. So five years overall, three of them guaranteed, two option years back to back. Just a little bit of context for the kid. MLS Next All Star MVP. So in that All-Star game, he was the voted MVP, got Mm -hmm. promoted to MLS Next Pro, where he had six starts, scored six goals in 11 appearances. Um, Also has played at youth U.S. uh, national team level um, and has starred there too. So it looks like we've got someone coming through the pipeline who we should be excited about, and we've tied him down to a five-year total contract no fair play to him I, I i can't say i know anything about him um yeah no. you know it's not like he was really spoken about um unless you're in those really really private circles you wouldn't have been talking about him last year 
So, um, I mean, good for him. I mean, the, the proof tends to be in the pudding with these. And if a club sees need to give you a five-year deal, you know, or at least a three-year deal, then they obviously see something in him. And, you know, I'm all for it. I'm all for promoting the youth. I just hope that, you know, whichever younger players come through, they get some meaningful minutes to um, to learn and to, to develop. So, you know, he's coming into the team in a, in a, a good time with all these midfielders leaving. So... If he could stick it, a claim. He could certainly stick a claim. It's like when um, Orlando brought in um, Chris Mueller, you know, a few years back, and you know he was in the Super Draft and he looked good, but he he had a really good preseason. I think he scored mm-hmm. in in all but one game and ended up uh, getting starts, you know, right away. And and that's the kind of pathway you want to try and encourage. You know, it's up to the player to take it, much like we discussed with with uh, Messi and Ronaldo, like you know. You've got to be able to step up and take the opportunities and, and be mature enough to do it. So if he if he does that, good for him. Yeah, and, and honestly, yes, he's 17. Yes, he's extremely young. But it's not unheard of that a 17-year-old kid, you know, mm-hmm. breaks through and plays in the first team. Like Kate no. Cowell and Caden Clark just from the last few years or some that Tyler did Adams that. was another one. Tyler Adams, Paxton Aronson. I mean, look at Philadelphia. They've got mm-hmm. Jack McGlynn, Paxton Aronson. Um, and there's one other kid who always plays for them. It's just like Slanina all around the league. Well. Yep, Slanina, um, definitely. I mean, John Duran in Chicago as well as 18 years old. So, like, it's definitely not unheard of and it, it's potentially one to keep an eye out for for surprise of the season that Fabian Loyola breaks through I do remember hearing his name September August September time frame last year mm-hmm. and it's like oh this kid's like really breaking through and then every time you look at an MLS next pro game he's got a goal or he's got like an assist or he's contributing somehow and it's like oh this this kid's doing really good at that level and he just got to that level. So Mm -hmm. that shows he's learning quickly. He's improving quickly at 17 years old. That's pretty impressive. So, and again, like you said, if, if we're willing to give out a five-year contract to him, we, we clearly see something in him. So excited to see how his career progresses over the next year or two. Um, Okay. So let's go ahead and move into the uh, second phase of this, which is the exits um of this offseason and it's quite a long list so let's just get through this quick one right here nico giochini selected in st louis expansion draft any quick thoughts on that one i was really surprised by it only because you know they just brought the player in you know a few months ago and um you know, as the sucker, doesn't it? Really, if you you know you move to another country to go play, I know I know he's American by nationality, but it has to suck to to come all the way out, you know, from from the French league over to the United States, and then you know be it was pretty much given away because he wasn't protected. But you know, he's uh, he's now at another club, so it's I wasn't too surprised that he was going, but um, I thought it was one of those kind of reclamation projects, you know, and that it would have been given kind of, you know, the end of last season and then and then some of mm-hmm. next season at least to 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 play because he's he has some pedigree. I mean he's not I don't think he's a terrible player. But yeah, be it as it may, he's gone. So yeah, he obviously needs minutes and maybe the club told him they weren't gonna give him minutes and they decided to make him available. 
Yeah, and I mean, I just looked at his salary. He was, you know, making quite a decent mm-hmm. bit of money to not play. Three hundred sixty-nine thousand guaranteed. That's well, he's a he's decent a, chunk I mean, off the wage bill. He's only 20, 22 years old, and I think he's, I think he's twenty-two, and he's, I'm pretty sure he scored for the national team, right? Yeah, so he he's, has. He's, yeah, I mean, it, that's why it seems strange to me. I was thinking, you know, this this player is. He's only 22. He's already an international or has been recently and scored and seemed a bit strange, especially when you, you know, Akindeli, it was kind of like a an open secret that Akindeli was going and that Pato likely wasn't going to come back. So it was a bit of a surprise to see him leave. I'm going to put my um, tinfoil hat on. So conspiracy theorists out there, put your, put your tinfoil mm-hmm. hats on with me, okay? Giacchini was born in... Kansas City, Missouri. Um, and obviously, that's very pretty close to St. Louis, Missouri. I wouldn't be surprised if there was something behind the scenes where we signed him, we played him, he trained with us, and then they were going to select him in the expansion draft, and that was planned behind the scenes, uh, shake hands, go along with our day. We get 50,000 gam, hmm. and yada, yada. I, I just... Wouldn't be surprised. Conspiracy theorist. I'll oh, take my hat off now. I have another conspiracy theory for you. Okay. Okay. He wasn't actually born there. He was born in Kenya. <laughs> and he's lied to everybody. Okay. There we go. Uh, and I, I can prove it. I have certificates. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> All right. Love those conspiracy theories. All right, we spent way too much time on a player who barely played for us. Um, Andres Perea. We have acquired 450,000 in 2023 GAM, 300,000 in 2024 GAM, and an additional 100,000 if certain contract conditions are met, which I'm sure are like if Philadelphia win MLS Cup or... Well, can we guess what the conditions are for a second? I don't know why they don't just release those. I was thinking that I'll tell you, the conditions are he has to climb Mount Everest. <laughs> he has to, to give the kidney of his firstborn away to Orlando. And he has to be abducted by aliens and experimented on. And if all those conditions are met, then Orlando gets an extra 20,000 in game. <laughs> we never do that. Do we ever get told if we get that 100,000 game? They never say, oh, remember this player we sold five years ago? Well, well like, he hit his contractual objectives, so we are now giving. Okay, let's say say Dom Dwyer. We're now giving SKC seventy five thousand extra gam mm-hmm. because Dwyer scored thirty goals for us in the last two seasons, or something like that. I mean, I'm pretty sure with Dom Dwyer, it was like one point, you know, one million up front. And like yep. ten ten thousand dollars gam was dependent on you know the general manager at the time not releasing some dodgy photos of the other general manager. <laughs> you know that was right. probably one of the conditions. You know, like uh, I don't know why they're so secretive. Like you know, just is it a so sell-on weird. clause? Is it a goal-related bonus? Is it an assist? Well, it's not bonus? a sell-on clause because they do explicitly state we will also retain a portion of Perea's future transfer fee. So I think all around we got a really good package for this player. And yeah. I think he was not worth that package. <laughs> I agree. Um, that's what I was saying. Like with the, you know, with the Petrosso transfer. Like if you can sell Andres and get that money in, uh, that monopoly money, I should say, because it isn't real money. But if you get the monopoly money in, 
you can um, you know you can go ahead and bring in two or three domestic players with that. It's a good deal. Really good deal. Um, I was I think I was working and I went looked down and saw the notification. I was just like, whoa, <laughs> that is way more money than I was expecting. Almost a million in GAM. If you think about it, U.S. men's national team player Kellen Acosta went for like 1.1 million GAM to LAFC. Like you can get really good players for about a million in GAM. So uh, one to keep an eye on. I wouldn't be surprised if we're gearing up for a big transfer within the league. Probably um, signed Dom Dwyer for another million. That's... There's a couple interesting, uh, not Don Bart, but there are a couple interesting free agents that we could be gearing up to give a big contract to as well. Um, so just just one to keep an eye out for. And I think Perea will do great in Philadelphia's system. You know, the mm-hmm. four diamond two or the four three two one, whatever they do up there. Christmas, four, they just stack. Four triple two, right, is what they tend to play now. It's, yeah, it's usually a variation of four three two one, four two two, or four one two one two. But anyways, they always have a bunch of midfielders. I think Prey is going to do great there. So, I think so. Yeah. We will always have that that amazing goal in the Open Cup um, <laughs> from Perea. Just d- unfortunate that it, it didn't really pan out on the field. But financially, it seems like it ended up being a good move. Okay, um, next is another midfielder, Junior Urso and Orlando City mutually agree to part ways. For me, this was something that was always in the works, have him for three years and then move on. Um, leaves with a Open Cup trophy to his name and um, just a clean goodbye. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm fine with this. Yeah, I'm okay with it. So I mean, he's a decent player. I've, I think I've, I've been pretty honest in that he's never been really my type of midfielder. Um, he gets through a lot of work, but... I think again for the for the money that's paid and the, the amount of games you expect him to play, it's um, you know in some ways it's been a good deal, but in others it's just like um, you know he's another year older, and, and if you're going to be paying him a similar wage, then you know you've again you've got to be looking for something younger. I think because I, I don't think the amount of game time he's had is sustainable. You know, it, and there's going to be a lot more games next season. It could be. I think I read somewhere like another a maximum of like 17 more games or something if you if you do well in all the competitions. So again, time will tell if it's been a good deal. It all depends on who comes in. Yeah, I mean, I I think I'm on the record as saying like I wasn't as impressed either. He has high moments definitely, but. Mm-hmm. Other than scoring goals, which he's not like a huge goal scorer, he pops up with six to eight a season, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a decent amount for a midfielder, but he's not contributing much offensively other than that. Like he's not making line breaking passes, he's not making mm-hmm. the pass before the assist or the pass to the person who makes the assist or anything like that. Um, but other than that, it feels like his main role is to just be a workhorse in midfield and win the ball mm-hmm. back for us. And it just, he, he didn't have the quality necessary. And I think, unfortunately, his availability was his greatest asset, just a competent mm-hmm. body in midfield. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the midfielders to be able to play both ways and to to be able to use the ball. Like, I, I'm not a, a, 
I'm not a big fan of, of having a, a number 10. And I like to have like two eights that, you know, can do good work going both ways. And I think he was pretty he limited in that respect, you know. Though he, he definitely tries. You can't you can't knock his effort, his passion, his work rate. But as a club, for the money they're paying him, I think you've got to look at something in a different type of profile of midfielder, you know? 1,000% agree. So, good luck in Brazil, Urso. Thank you for what you did. And on to the next crop of talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, next is João Moutinho to Spezia on a free transfer. I think this one was obvious come the end of the mm-hmm. season um, that he was going, and, and he was going to Europe, not even somewhere with an MLS. No, no, it's like another of the world's worst-kept secrets, but... yeah. I mean, he's gone to a really nice part of the world. I can I can mm-hmm. say that. Um, you know, good for him. I mean, the Italian game might might suit him um, a little bit slower, you know, in pace, a bit more technical. I think he's a very good technical player. Um, I do think as a left back, he's he's still a little dodgy, especially against uh, you know quick wingers and uh, teams that play with with overloads. You know, he's a bit you know kind of. You know, dysfunctional in that in that particular respect, but it might suit him, and he'll he'll certainly grow as a player. He's going to be playing against some some decent teams and some decent players. So, you know, well, fair play to him. Hopefully, he gets over his injury issues and you know carries on going up. I was about to say, thinking about him playing against Juventus is just making me laugh. <laughs> yeah. And the wingers that they they can have, or or Milan, or Inter, or mm-hmm. Napoli. It, he's he's in a pretty good league. You know, oh, it is. I mean, Italy, Italy is no joke. It's no joke. I mean, Italy is the type of, you know, for me, Italy is like the purgatory of, of football. <laughs> like, <laughs> just just miserable and and dour and and you know, probably very pragmatic um, and tough. You know, and you don't know if you're ever getting out. You know, because teams seem to keep have players around that are like forty years old and still playing. You know, so it's like, yeah, it's kind of like being in a in a salon with a bunch of old women getting their hair done. Who smoke cigarettes <laughs> openly, even though the science is not to do it. It's just like it's miserable, you know. Um, but good care. for him. Yeah. yeah, I think honestly, is you can't begrudge a player for, for wanting to move up a level, and and you know, and it's going to take care of him financially. Well, you would think he'll, he'll be on a nice little uh, paycheck over there. So absolutely, yeah. You know, even so. at Spezia, he'll still be making. You know, he'll still be making two or three times at least more than what he'd make in Orlando. So good for him. 100%, yep. So, yeah, uh, something that was brought up about this transfer was that we missed out on some money. I mean, let's say we were to sell him last off season, one year mm-hmm. to go on his contract. How much do you think we would have gotten? I think um, I would say something like maybe $500,000, $750,000 down. And then... yeah. You know, some add-ons, you know, based on various conditions, I think. That's probably what I would have expected. Uh, and it's the I, same I argument. agree with that. Yeah, it's the same argument that is applied with Mueller. And I mean, in, in the massive amount of hindsight, everyone talks about 2020 hindsight. Well, in 40 hindsight, they should have took the money for Mueller when they could have done. Because uh, his performance has just dropped, you know, way off once he decided oh he was going to go. Um you know, disappointingly, I wouldn't say the same happened with Moutinho. I think he Mm-mm. he put he his best, best season in. for us. He had a great season. Um, you know, he certainly didn't drop off. But 
it wouldn't have been worth taking the money for him. Um, you know, it's, it's a tough one because you don't know that they're definitely going to go. Uh, I mean, the only way we can say it would have been worth taking the money is if the club knew he was going to go. You know, then they should have took it. Yep, yeah. and I agree. I don't think it would have been worth it. Let's say we even got a million, right? Mm-hmm. I, nah, I'm I'm fine with the way it played out. We we got our first ever major trophy. Um, yeah, I think the way he played fits, a part in that. The way he fits into this team and what he brings, not just you know like his fitness was was good this year. He got over his his issues, but he brings a dynamic in attack, which I think Oscar's system is very dependent on. He was harder to replace than Chris Mueller for me. I think players like Mueller, mm-hmm. which, you know, hard working forwards, they're, they're 10 a penny, I think. You know, unless your ability level is, you know, a lot higher than Mueller's is. Um, in which case, you know, then he becomes harder to replace. But I, I think there was a lot more players out there that could have, we could have replaced Mueller with and we could have taken the the million dollars or so that was offered. Um, yeah, I mean, was a little different. Left back is a, gotten like a Ethan Finley or something. Exactly. Like, like a lot of people shit on the left back and right back positions. Like they think they're just like auxiliary positions that doesn't matter. But I'll tell you now, left back is a really, really difficult position to fill. Maybe very because important too. It's very important because you need, you need a genuine left footed player and there's not as many left footers out there than there is right footers. Um, so to play play there, it's a very unique skill set. I mean, at Leeds, we we can't get a decent left back anywhere. You know, we've our best left back in the last five years has been a right winger that was converted to a left back. <laughs> yeah, and that's no exaggeration. You know, it's a tough position to fill. So, you know, Moutinho, unless the offer for Moutinho was like one and a half, maybe two million, then I don't think it would have been right to take it. And no club was going to offer that at the time. Right. Well, not no. when he's only played like 15 games or so the season yeah. before. So I think in this in this instance, the club handled it the best way they could. Um, you know, I think, and like you said, a trophy was won and he's part of that team. So, you know, it's 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 been a good you know, kind of relationship all around, I think. I agree. Yeah. Uh, next up, Tesha Wakandele had his option declined and he is mm-hmm. off to Charlotte FC. I'm sad to see him go. I'm really mm-hmm. happy he gets to go to Charlotte FC, though. I think that's going to be a fantastic club for him. I think he's going to fit their system really well. Yeah, yeah I think so. Um, you know, I've no bad words to say about Tesha. I think he, you know, he's a, a consummate professional. I think he played a difficult role at the club, uh, which, you know, it's not easy being, you know, the guy that has to just kind of, you know, fill minutes and to... Um, to come into games often in, in difficult situations, you know, he's not really the type of player that you keep throwing into a game when you need to try to win or you know, such. He usually came into games when they were defending. Or so mm-hmm. I think he he had a thankless task up front. I don't think a lot of fans appreciated what he had to do. No, and clearly not. I'm not going to get into a debate over you know who understands what and this about football, but. Um, the long and short of it is that a lot of people don't understand football very well um, it's not just about glamour and goals and assists and pace and crossing and tricks you know he, he did he did the uncomfortable work uh, the dirty work and he never 
had a drop in attitude, never let it get to his head. So I wish him all the best. I think he's a he's a good person. I think he's done a lot of community work and he gives a lot of time to the fans. And uh, you know, he's not he's not a lot of people he can say that about. So I wish him well. I think he'll be a success in whatever he does next after football. And I think Charlotte's got themselves a, a good, reliable player that will help them progress as well. Yep. Um, I echo everything you just said. And people forget he is one of the biggest reasons we even made the playoffs this past oh. season and had that successful season with you those know, just two game winners in a row. Like that's, he, that's yeah. he came in clutch for us and not only helped us make the playoffs, but also build that momentum up to the mm-hmm. world cup or world cup open cup final. Um, so yeah, he was, he was massive. I agree. Yeah. I think that, you know, all things considered any striker player in Oscar's system is, you know, is, is going to be in for a rough time. I think you're going to mm-hmm. spend so much time just not even not getting the ball or having to chase the ball a lot and, and whatnot. You know, it's, it, you know, he, he could go somewhere else and be a little more involved and you never know. He might, he might end up having a, a real good season next year. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see him hit, you know, nine, ten goals again. So he did all right in um, James. O'Connor's yeah, James O'Connor's first year, year. Right? Yeah, he had a career high. Scored on his debut, I think. Uh, I was sat, yeah, I was sat right behind the goal for that one. He um, he got he injured himself whilst scoring, unfortunately. But he, <laughs> but he did he did score um, quite a lot of goals that first season. He had ten in twenty nineteen. Yep. Playing as uh, often playing in a two. Mhm. Which is quite telling, you know. Yep, crazy how when used the right way you uh, succeed. Really? Um, really? How dare you speak that into existence? I didn't know that's possible. Uh, Joey Desart <laughs> option declined. Just you know, fourth string center mid. Goodbye. Uh, Alexander Alvarado, uh, his uh, option was picked up by the team he's at. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it with these international deals that just don't work out. Robinho was one. Alexander Alvarado. Why are we doing these? I think it's. I think honestly, it, that's a bit of a disconnect between the coach and the the front office. Because I think the front office does a lot of these types of deals, but I'm not sure how much they involve the manager in it. And I, I think Alvarado was certainly someone that you know deserved more of a chance. For sure, uh, I think he. Oh had yeah. A lot. I'd agree. He was linked to quite a lot of clubs in Europe a few years ago. And, you know, he looked okay in the limited minutes he got. You know, he, I think he got one start, which was the throwaway game um, in New York. And they beat 5-0, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was given, a, it was given like a sympathy game, really. You know, kind of like, well, we're going to lose this one anyway, so we'll let you play sort of thing. You know, the kind of games I used to get when I was on a team. Um <laughs> You know, he wasn't given a, a fair crack of the whip, you know, in my opinion. The only good thing is that, you know, he's now been sold. You free up all the all the little cap logistics and I'm assuming there's a transfer fee involved. So I guess it's the outcome could have been worse, I guess. Yeah, but it could have been. It doesn't sit right with me, though, like just signing a player and then there's like, I don't know, the coach just decides... Not to use them, which is what it seemed like, you know. Um, I, th- I think uh, you're right with the disconnect between the front yeah. office. He had two starts for the club. 
It was the New York City FC 5-0 loss and Mm -hmm. a 2-2 draw against Nashville, where uh, um, he played 66 minutes. So um, I think that's the most minutes he played for the club in one game. Let me look here real quick. No, he played 69 against NYCFC. Other than that, it was just substitute appearances. Um, Sometimes not Mm -hmm. in the squad. just, Just didn't work. So... Just another one of those players that comes and goes, and we're just like, okay, whatever. Kind of like IS, kind of like Robinho. It's just weird. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Pato is gone. Um, successful su- experiment. I think we already discussed this on the end of season pod, but mm-hmm. since we did get silverware, is it considered successful? Not really. No. Um, I don't think so. I mean, you know, it's. I mean, that's like saying, you know, we signed Adam Grimwich last year and that was successful because we got silverware. You know, he didn't play. Well, I, yeah, I, but I Pato, Pato did play and he, he did play a bit. He contributed some, but, you know, I think the team, you know, I, I don't think, I think, again, I think Pato was not a player that necessarily fit into yeah. Gwaska's system, you know? No, he had to switch his system. To play mm-hmm. him to get him to succeed, and once he started succeeding, he got injured again. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is what it is. Um, I I do say it's a successful experiment since he did contribute and um help us get silverware. So, thank you to him. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm glad that we don't have a third year of Pato on the books as he recovers from another injury, unfortunately. Um, and then last but not least. No news on uh, Galese or Benji Michel. Um, Galese is rumored to be signing a new contract. And when um, we went and did the uh, season ticket holder benefit thing where um, you go in the locker room, they did have Galese's jersey up. They didn't have Ursos. They didn't have Akindele's. Um, they didn't have Desarts. They didn't have Moutinho's. Anyone who was gone is was gone. Um Galeses was up. Uh, I do not remember seeing Benji Michels. So, not sure what's going on there. I've heard no news there. Doesn't mean he's not signing, but um, maybe the the fact that Galeses' jersey is up there is a good sign. Um, And then Benji's not being up there, maybe that's a bad sign. But uh, thoughts that we haven't heard anything yet as we are Britain getting pretty close to uh, December 31st. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, <clears throat> he's not a player that I feel like has progressed that much. You know, I think he's a good player. I think he just... He's in that age right now where he needs to play. Like, he needs to be given a a prominent role somewhere and, and a position and, and given a chance to, you know, to, to return it. I don't think um, he got that last year. And I think that, you know, he's he might not want to stay. He might, he might want to, you know, go find first-team football somewhere else. So I haven't heard any links, though. I've not heard of anybody who's looking at him. Have you heard anything? Oh, no. I haven't. Um, no? I've always maintained that I think he'd be good in, like, Nashville's system. But, like, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure there are clubs around the league that are thinking this guy could be a really good piece on our oh, team. I think kind of, Maybe not a starter, but 
I think on a team that's proactive and, and, and wants to play with the ball and be more direct, I think he would, we would see plenty of opportunities to get into space or to get on the ball. I, I think he would do really well. Sounds but, like RSL. Yeah, but playing in a team that you know is against the ball a lot, which is what Orlando tends to be right these days, I'm not sure he's a good fit. I mean, it, it comes down to what I was saying about you know, being a striker in the system can just be difficult because you just don't get in some games you just don't get the involvement and I don't think um, Benji in particular would, would thrive in that type of environment right now so we'll see what happens with him and Galese of course um, yeah the rumours are he has either already signed a contract or will be signing the, the contract given to him so mm-hmm. um, yeah so that leaves us pretty short in the midfield pretty short in the attacking segment of the field as well so definitely a lot more work to be done but those are kind of our thoughts on all the things that have been going on for orlando city at the moment any final things to talk about real quick daniel no i think we just wait till january because the um european window is open on january the first yeah and you'll start seeing activity with the squads over there um, I think we've talked about this a couple of months back that, you know, in the um, <clears throat> with the the World Cup and everything in the break that we've had, you know, the six weeks off that a lot of teams have taken, you're likely to see, I think, more movement in, in terms of the rosters and and such because teams actually have a rare opportunity now to, to address issues and to... And they had time to do it. Whereas yeah. before they didn't have as much time for meetings and stuff. Well, yeah, it's like, you know, like a lot of reasons why teams don't like to do business in January is just because they don't have the time to think about it. And now they've had time to consider it. You, you might see a lot more fluctuation in squads and that's just how the system works. It just takes, you know, kind of one batch of transfers to set things off. And then all of a sudden players become available that you might not have been uh, been able to get before. And, and I'm, I know that the club has shortlist you know probably tens of players in every position that they're looking at and they'll be getting calls from agents and such with so-and-so is going to be available in january now and, and i expect that you're going to see i mean i don't, I don't know for sure but I, I think at least two or three players you know from overseas will be coming in january that will go into the starting 11 um, or at least into the match day squad and i hope i hope that's the case because they do need to improve i mean it's not just about replacing the players that are gone, but there's a couple of starting positions that needed work as well. So we'll we'll see. But I'm I'm pretty sure there's a plan in place. It would be hazardous if if all these guys have gone and there's no plan in place, you know. Yeah, and I'm look, they're planning two years ahead, so I'm sure there's a plan in place. So mm-hmm. we will see what happens. Uh, thank you so much, Daniel. Um, where can our listeners find you at? Um, uh, my tag is uh, BeelsaBall4141 so you can find me on Twitter alright you can find us at LionsBlog1 you can find me at LionsBlog1 you should, I should say or at uh, www.lionsblog.org Daniel have a great rest of your night and as always vamos Orlando indeed
shoots. Oh my goodness, Louis Snaddy! Here goes Daryl DK at Warmhorn. DK shoots, scores! DK wins it for an end The biggest man in 